I greet you all in the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. I'm very grateful to God for the opportunity to reflect with you, those of us who are here in the church building, and those on pla other places through the gift of online technology and services. I must say I have enjoyed reading back and forth parts of John's Gospel, which reminds us of the centrality of discipleship and the diaconia ministry in and out of season. Already in chapter one, we meet Andrew, commonly introduced as Simon Peter's brother, who actually identified the Messiah and personally introduced his brother, Peter, to Jesus. Then Jesus found Philip and said to him, follow me. Then there is Nathaniel, and they together recognized Jesus as the rabbi, the teacher. I suppose the four men were among the disciples at the wedding in Cana of Galilee with the mother of Jesus, who, when the wine ran out, says to Jesus, they have no wine, and to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. As if to say, trust me, I know my son and his life-giving powers. And there are many other instructions that Jesus gave. And some of them are quite familiar, especially from the Gospel of John. Fill the jars with water. Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. Go call your husband and come back. Go, your son will leave. Stand up, take your mat and walk. See, you have been made well. Do not sin anymore so that nothing worse happens to you. Other times, Jesus taught using questions. Questions like the one in the gospel narrative of feeding 5,000 people. Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? Briefly, before we reflect on this narrative, it is good to remember that Jesus was literally running away from persecution from the Jews in Jerusalem, where he had healed the man who was ill for that eight years. He healed him on a Sabbath. And according to the Jews, he was breaking the law. To make matters worse, 
Jesus also claimed God is his father. He said, my father is still working and I also am working. For this reason, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because he was not only breaking the Sabbath, but was also calling God his own father, thereby making himself equal to God. Before Jesus ran away from death, he entered into a lengthy monologue teaching the Jews his relationship with the Father. He also taught about eternal life and the role of Moses who spoke about Jesus, even though the Jews did not capture that in their readings. Then he went to the other side of the sea in Galilee. Seated with his disciples, he sees a crisis at heart. Like a good teacher, an experienced teacher, he found the crisis as a good opportunity to test the community of disciples who may have assumed it is simply time to relax and spend quiet time with the rabbi away from the angry Jews. Philip, where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? Philip, like many of us, must have been taken off guard and for sure must have forgotten the words of the wise woman, do whatever he tells you to do. I want to assume that a voice says to Philip, think and do the needful. You know very well that women will not leave home without something in their baskets. Look carefully. Nor will the women let their teenage children leave home with nothing to eat. Get going. Get organized. Then Andrew comes, who fights a boy with five loaves of bread and two fish. But Jesus, what are what are they among so many people? Impossible task. Before Jesus opened his mouth, that soft voice of the young, of the wise woman reaches the ears of the disciples. Just like in a whisper, do whatever he tells you. Do not waste time. It's action time. People were seated, food was shared, and all were fed, and the leftovers were gathered. Because in his father's house, nothing is wasted. I'm sure we can all imagine what was happening 
among the 5,000 people who were seated to be fed. Where did the baskets come from? We can go on and on to ask questions and to imagine what may have happened. But then the crowd went wild and began a new refrain. This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. The son of Mary is alert and again on his heels. This time not because he was afraid of death, but because the jubilant crowd wants to crown him the king by force. And he knew the time had not come. The rest, as we say, has become part of the good news. This is good time for us to pause and ask, what lessons can we learn from all this? From Mary, the wise woman, to become a disciple of Jesus, we must heed the words of Jesus. His instructions, his questions, his teachings, his ways of doing things, his love for fullness of life, and, the, and most of all, to discern what matters most in the moment and to take the right actions. Above all, we should be paying attention, looking around us, and listening to what the people are saying, or even are doing. I can also guess that the women in the crowd did not wait to be told what to do when Andrew and Philip were busy asking, but Jesus, what are five loaves and two fish among so many people? The women knew their baskets had the solution. To be disciples of Jesus is to practice compassion with passion, not to run away from problems. Diaconia ministry needs good listeners, quick thinkers, doers, and people who appreciate what everyone has to offer, even a little boy who may have been given food to share with his siblings. We can continue to imagine how he felt when his bread and fish were taken away from him. We can imagine all the gifts, talents, energies, and food in the crowd of 5,000 people. They have the solutions to the problems among them. In addition, to being a good teacher, John's gospel helps us to understand that Jesus cared deeply about the essentials of life.
water, bread, light, truth, health, prayers, words of encouragement and hope, which lead us to the fountain and fullness of life in the midst of death threats, disruptions like what we have gone through with coronavirus, and misunderstandings of many things around us. From the beginning, Jesus made it clear that he could not solve problems alone. He needed a community of disciples, witnesses who believed and had faith in God and understood his teachings about love of God and service to all people. Thankfully, his disciples, both women and men, continued to teach the good news and to practice diaconia and healing after his death, resurrection, ascension, and the Pentecost. As we witness in the Acts of Apostles and the Epistles, many Christian communities were founded among the Jews and Gentiles, despite the persecutions and many other challenges that the disciples faced. Taking cue from Jesus, they continued to teach through different methodologies, including prayers and we know the ripple effect of their work. I'm particularly enriched by the prayer of Ephesians that we have just read this morning. Many times when I find myself lost, I own this prayer as if it was written with me in mind. I'm particularly struck by the prayer from verse 18. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I have turned to this prayer many times, as I have said, as I do some others in the epistles. But as I prepared for this sermon, I heard words that were completely new to my ears. I simply stopped in my tracks. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I felt like I have never read that part, that the love of Christ surpasses knowledge. As we heed the words of the wise woman, Mary, do whatever he tells you. I pray that we may all know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. 
not just at the personal level, but as community of disciples, as we witness to the world through diaconia ministry, for all who seek essentials of life in these very trying times of endless wars, violence, kidnappings, diseases, selfishness, competition, and greed. I believe knowing the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge will inspire all of us to do whatever Jesus tells us to do. Amen.